0: I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Pottsable, always with a brother, with the same mother, Aaron Potts, Super Hot Potts, and you're watching and listening to your favorite two black runners win every single two black two.
1: Yes, yes, Ooh. yes.
0: That's everyone's, that's everyone's. Wait, mom just came in here. Mom Yo. just ruined.
1: Th-
0: <laughs> it's still good though. We can still cut
1: it though. <laughs> Josh, it has- no, that's one that's da- that's David's. Bro, I got to just put my heart and soul into that Two Black Tuesday. And mommy just came in there and messed it up. For, for real. Ruined the whole vibe. Ruined the whole vibe. <laughs> Come on, man. man. Come on. I really just went in for y'all, man. You don't understand how much I just went in, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but she can't ruin the vibe. Because we hyped for this podcast. We hyped for this week. New York City pop-up shop. for a hocus. Going down this week with a live podcast. Yes. With your favorite Two Black runners. Mr. Possible and Super Hot Potts. Friday, November, 7, November 5th at the Hoka Pop Up Shop, you can sign up. In the show notes, go to our link in bio on Instagram. Really, wherever you want to find us, you can sign up, register, get your spot in the live podcast. It's going up, it's going yeah, up for sure. We excited to be in New York, our first ever major marathon, our first ever time in the New York. we basically been talking about it like for three weeks now. Y'all probably tired of hearing it, but I'm sorry, you're gonna hear about it for like another two more weeks because we're really hyped, we're really hyped for what's about to go down.
1: Tell a friend to tell a friend, man. Come see us at the live show, man. This this don't happen. This don't happen very often you want to see us on the no. live stage so make sure y'all come through and again that's 9 30 a.m and at the hoka pop-up shop on november 5th before that at 8 30 a.m we're gonna do a shakeout run rachel snyder's gonna join us Luis grijava's gonna join us so you get to shake out with an olympian hey Josh, i'll send you that link put that link in the show notes too but excited to be on with y'all it's gonna be an amazing week bro and we're gonna come back with some I think we're going
0: to come back with some good content for y'all. Me for too, me too. It's going to be very, very exciting. But this podcast coming up right now that you're listening to is also going to be so exciting. We got from the morning shakeout, Mario Frioli joining us later on to the show to talk about the excitement of the New York City Marathon, the test of the day's is heroic and historic run in the world then in the half marathon then also to talk about the world athletics athlete of the year and some false starts but before we get to that I gotta take you guys around the track because this past weekend was probably some of the best stuff we see in NCAA running all the time and that is conference weekend specifically in cross country it's always exciting always a lot of races and there's a lot of notable headlines first I want to start here Aaron Connor Mance wins the WCC again like his he doesn't really lose man's to make him dance, you feel hey. me? But the thing I want to that's not really like the story because we know what happens, it always happens. But I want to acknowledge that Carter Mance, this is his 20th meet in his career where he hasn't finished outside of the top 10. The man doesn't lose. Mance to make them dance, also a six straight individual title, including the this one this one past year in the beginning of the 2020 cross country season. Bruh, Connor Mance is nice, Aaron. This man's nice.
1: All you really, man's to make them dance. Hey, man's to make them dance. Hey, dude, the hey. man is always on the mission. I like seeing his boy Casey Klinger right on him too. So, always always comes with excitement, and that battle between him and Wesley. Kip to the NAU dudes, and our boy Adrian down at FSU, is gonna, ooh, that's gonna be a crazy, it's gonna be a crazy on the men's side to see that. But the two people you just forgot
0: to leave out, bruh, is Cooper Tier and Charles Hicks, and they had a battle at the Pac-12 Championships, all the way to the wire, but Charles Hicks broke Cooper tier at the PAC 12 championships leading Stanford to a second place finish as well but the most surprising thing to me had to be that Charles Hicks beating Cooper tier he was beasting it last year ran great this year past year in track but he's really cementing himself and coming on to his own as like a real threat to that to that real individual title race that we're seeing up front with Kip 2 and Mance that you're just mentioning but I gotta ask you Aaron what is more alarming Hicks becoming a serious threat in the NCAA or Oregon finishing 4th in Pac-12 behind Washington, Stanford, Colorado. I thought they were going to
1: be a real threat to the title this year. I mean, that's really not alarming to me. We always know color. I mean, we always know Oregon comes ready in the track season. So cross country. I mean, we got to look at I, I would have to go look at their roster. But if I, I would bet that they have a bunch of milers on there, you know, so this doesn't really that doesn't really alarm me. And also every year, Colorado is a great team Stanford is a great team and Washington balled out so no shame they just got beat by some great great dudes and also one thing that Charles you were talking about Charles Hick Hicks like that man is a freshman and on Stanford's entire top six were freshmen and they're currently mm-hmm. ranked in the top five in the nation with Charles Hick Hicks beating Cooper Tier. they still got Cole Sprout they got Kai Robinson dude this is looking like a team that can challenge NAU maybe not this year but maybe next year because they're going to continue to develop and let's see who they pick up this fall
0: Man, that just really seems like a really fun team to be a part of right now, especially them all being so young and the bright future that they have. But another team that seems even more fun to be a part of has to be this NC State woman team as they dominate ACC's winning with only 20 points and having old NX- NXN rivals of Kelsey Chimel and Caitlin Tuohy leading the way and Kelsey Chimel getting the best of Tuohy as she is in her junior year. And Tuohy's just is really her, this is her first ever like real, real cross country season. But honestly, bro it just brings a smile to my face when i'm watching this race going down and like the past four years before this we were seeing them battle out at nxn and everything and caitlin to go down as like one of the greatest high schoolers runner high school runners ever to now see them on the same team like that's some that's some real type of that's that's a movie bro
1: that's a movie dude it really is to see caitlin and kelsey both up there just doing their thing. And yes, this was just ACC's, but also just at, at Nettie Cone, Kelsey took second. Kaylee, Kaylin Tui was about three or two places behind. So this might be the best one-two punch right now that we have in the on NCAA, definitely on the women's side. So it's exciting to see because uh Kaylin is a freshman. Kelsey is a sophomore. So this is something that we're gonna continue to see Unless you know they have that breakout year and decide to leave the NCAA, but until then, I'ma love watching them race cross country.
0: Then on the men's side of ACCs, we had Adrian Winshut go out there and completely dominate the field from start to finish, led all the way throughout, and beat a really good Notre Dame team in his individual victories from FSU NCAA. He's an NCAA dark horse you're looking at right now, Aaron. Definitely on your side, huh?
1: Yeah, that's my dark horse, Brad. That's my dark horse out of FSU. The other day at pre-Nazi finished one second behind Connor Mance. But that that course that they were on, I believe that's where they're running nationals. So he already has that advantage. But if you just look at his PRs, 13-28 last year, 27-48, 8th in the 10K, this man is gonna be up there with Wesley Kibb and Connor Mance. And he's gonna He's gonna try and upset them. I think he's only, he's not a senior either, so we're gonna see him back again next year. So that's gonna be a battle of front that I'm ready
0: to see. Most definitely. And Adrian, he was up there, too, really challenging with the big boy. So it's going to be exciting. But man's to make him dance, bro. I don't know, dude. I don't know. And let's Nico see. Young, too. But let's talk about those NAU men real quick. Drew Bosley and Nico Young went 1-2 to lead the NAU men to, I don't know, like their 50th Big Sky win in a row for the conference championship. But the thing that's really exciting to me is the women sweeping, making that sweep complete for the NAU men and women, taking both of the team titles. That was Tarno O'Neill. Leading the way for the women as the women only scored 37 points. And like, does this make NAU an even more desirable place to be? As the NAU women are they're ranked right now at number 11 in NCAAs. Like, does this just make it even more desirable for people to go here? Like, if it hasn't even
1: even more desirable already, most definitely, man. I mean, like you're saying, like, Flagstaff is one of the running capitals in the US with already with the altitude and all the beautiful trails. So to know that Mike Smith can not only coach men but he can coach coach women uh to that high caliber level i mean that would draw that would draw me uh to to nau for sure but it's exciting to see their women just come up on the rise and i mean i would love to see them like like colorado men and women are balling right now oklahoma Oklahoma state men and women are balling right now so i love to see when both sides, the sides of the program are doing there.
0: Yeah, I want to see them both on the podium. That would be something maybe would real excited to see. Definitely, they really solidify like NAU and Mike Smith's legacy as well. That would be really fun to really see that happen. But noahs is also really fun, Aaron. This Drake men finish at their conference meet, bro. This is probably the most fun that you ever see people having at a cross-country meet. And I'm just surprised these dudes didn't get DQ'd, man. These two guys coming down to the finish, Shaking each other's hands Turning around Putting their hands out With like 50 meters left to go in the race Like how have you had Have you had a moment Where you had this much fun In the cross country race Compared to these guys Where like look at this Look at this This is absolutely Some of the best time That you can have With like your number one and two guys Like come on man How did they not get DQ That's what I'm thinking like, This makes me think on. Like
1: they 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 weren't supposed to go one and two That's what it makes me feel like The way that they celebrated But I have had a moment like this my high school, my high school uh, senior year in cross country at a, league, at a league meet, we swept that one, two, three on Corona. Yeah, Corona, I uh. do know who you are. Y'all know who you are. <laughs> but yeah, we finished it, we finished it in. I remember I ran with my teammate Kyle, shout out Kyle. Finished it in, I had my hands out. I had put the three up, you know. I wasn't jumping up and down though, but I was excited. So I understand that. My freshman
0: year, I had a really good freshman class and we swept the inland empire championship and that was one of the most exciting times I ever had and then one time on the jv team we swept one through five as well definitely really exciting time to always sweep and when we did do that i was like next time we got to bring some brooms to this because that would really be a hard moment to do that would, that would be hard to just bring some brooms out oh that would probably definitely get you dq'd though definitely. but also some people that some people that are people are hoping that do get dq'd in high school races because they are so fast you really can't stop them it's newberry park averaging a 14.55. the historic woodward park shattering the team record that they already set last year like right now bro like i think the only conversation that we can have is that we already know they're the greatest high school cross country team of all time but like can this top five qualify for ncaas right now can can they do that aaron
1: yes they definitely can, bro. Like, I, I, y'all saw what Nico Young did his first year, right? Well, they got two Nico Youngs, bro. They got two Nico me. runs, and then they got Colin Solomon and his little bro, too. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting your name. But these dudes are crazy, man. Like, I'm sorry, but these dudes could win the Big West cross country meet. I'm sorry. UCS oh, US wow. US right down wow, street that was for disrespectful. Me. US that was right disrespectful. Down the street from me, but he could be, he could win the Big West. You know what I'm saying? Is it, is wow. it disrespectful? Because. Oh, I'm not even going to go that far. I'm not going <laughs> to go that far. <laughs> wow, hey, that's man. crazy. Hey, man, I ain't trying to talk crazy, but I'm just trying to talk facts. Like, the dudes are different, bro.
0: But also, this other person, just, this other person, the phenom in his own right in the high school ranks, Reinhardt Harrison, just ran a 15-minute 5K. He committed. He committed to Oregon this past fall as well in a monsoon basically winning the Florida state title. And I just gotta ask you, Aaron, have you ran in race conditions that were worse as this? This dude, Raynor Harrison has ran a 404 in the past this past year. So he's very, very talented and still run a 15 minute 5K in it. But like to be, it raining sideways like Forrest Gump. I don't I don't know if I ever raced in anything like this. This
1: dude, this guy driving look like he about to get hurt. Like. <laughs> yo homie you don't look safe for him oh my god oh my god no he's this about is to dangerous. crash but i will have to say surprisingly again yes bro i've ran in something like this my senior year again my senior <laughs> year at cross country at azusa pacific we raced in hawaii on the big island bro and the conditions were worse than this it didn't even look like a cross country bro cross country me it rained it was raining so much It was like a mud run. People were falling, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up, like, bro. Like, wait, straight up, it was comedy running the race. Like, people were slipping. People's shoes were coming off. Like, it was a, it seemed like a joke. That's how messed up it was, bro.
0: Coming up next, we got Mario Frioli on the podcast from the morning shakeout to talk more about the NYC Marathon coming up this weekend. And also just all the great news that's been happening in the running world. And to talk about... I had to talk to Mario, bruh. He's one of the homies, gives us a pep talk, hypes us up for NYC this weekend. Stay tuned for that. Now joining on the podcast, we have from the morning shakeout, Mario Freoli. Man, one of the most professional podcast hosts that you're ever listening to, has everything on the newsletter as well in the morning shakeout. Mario Freoli join us on the podcast right now. Mario, how's it going, man? How's it going?
2: It's going well. It's an honor to be on this side of the mic. I enjoyed having both of you on my show few months ago. And uh, it's a real thrill to be here to talk with you guys today.
0: And as really, it's, it's nice to have you back on this time, because last time I had you well, when we were on your podcast, that's when I just had my appendix ripped out of my body. So <laughs> I was definitely not in the right in the right <laughs> shape. So to now to talk to you like now I'm fully like everything's kind of wired now. And I, I understand what's going on. Like, I'm not going to start sweating halfway through this. So I'm happy about that situation.
2: I'm impressed that you made it through that conversation cuz we talked for a while I mean no, it was yeah. it was over an hour and you were kind of hanging on by a thread like laying there in your bed I think with your mic on your uh like on your stomach just like trying to stay awake for the entire thing so um kudos to you for putting up a good show that time
1: Thank you thank you Yeah it's always great you know to be in the presence of a legend last time we saw you too you you put us on you let us know like what kind of mics to get Uh, cameras and stuff like that so to get to speak to you and have us have you on our show such an honor but i wanted to ask you too like so many people are coming up with podcasts and like we just said you're a legend you've been in the game for so long what's it like seeing this explosion from just people like me and joshua to like athletes Mm -hmm. all just creating in the track and field space
2: i mean it's it's really exciting because it's just more voices that are coming out into the space and I've always believed that running is just really diverse and multidimensional. And Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff just gets lumped under running. But what we're seeing now with the prevalence of all these podcasts is just new voices, literally coming out and getting into people's ears. I mean, that's been happening the past several years, just through social media. I mean, newsletters are also exploding along with podcasts. Yeah. I mean, I've been in the newsletter game for six years now, podcasting for four and over the last 18 months, like both of those mediums in running have have just exploded. And I think it's exciting to see. Um, what gets frustrating is when you see people come out with all this energy and hype and they'll get out like three, four, six, ten 10 episodes and then it just falls flat. Um, mm-hmm. And I ha- I hate seeing that because I know how hard it is to do this consistently and to do it consistently well and I think the space would be better overall if if more people stayed with it. I hate just seeing these like, you know, and this isn't calling out anyone in particular, but just flashes in the pan that are really exciting out the gate and then they just sort of like fizzle off. It's like, hey, if you just stuck with that a little bit longer, You know you you're adding a valuable voice to to the space so i like it um i think it's i think it's exciting i'm hearing stories that i otherwise wouldn't hear i'm getting perspectives that i otherwise wouldn't get to wouldn't get to see so i mean i think it's i think it's good for the space just to get more voices into it and have more people heard
0: and speaking into like that flash of the pans that do happen, unfortunately do kind of like happen at times. I remember when you were talking to us in like magic boost when who else was, was that when Chris Bennett was with us as well. And then you talked with you talked well, No, no, I wasn't with Chris. No, Bennett. Was was me, with, uh,
2: Allison Wade and uh, who who was who was the other was it
0: Liam? Was it
1: Liam? Yes, I think because it was it may have no, been i don't
2: think it i don't think it was liam i know it was, that's I
1: know the it was one i came in with. so that's why that's why no no, no because no, no,
2: no. my my magic boosts presentation was mostly about newsletters i think we branched off and talked about oh it was kyle.
1: It was, kyle it was kyle it was kyle correct, Merber. Yeah. Ah. sorry
2: kyle Merber. <laughs>
0: he's gonna be
1: mad he's gonna be, he's gonna be
0: salty <laughs> <laughs> but i remember that's one of the things that uh you sort of like hit on is that you're very strict on like like you have a very you have a strict schedule and you have your days where like you just don't touch like the newsletter don't really like look at running and like you're not even on really your social media like you just do you're kind of kind of like stay in your lane for that you don't go insane like if that makes the most sense
2: right but it took me a little while to get there because i was on social media until about 13 months ago, personal social media, that is the morning shakeout mm-hmm. still has accounts. And I have someone, Jeff Stern, who runs both of those for me. But yeah, I mean, I, I do very much try to stay in my lane as far as when the newsletter comes out, when the podcast comes out. And as much as I have a lane for what I write about, and like, the pe- kind of people that I, I talk to, um, I guess I do that as well. But yeah, from just like a, a workflow standpoint and a consistency standpoint, I mean, those are, you know, that's really important to me uh, is to Mm -hmm. to be consistent and to be, you know, you know, to be, be consistent, but also to put out quality content on a consistent basis as well.
1: Yeah. Another thing I feel like is really cool about, you know, running in general, we were just talking about the New York marathon and Mm -hmm. I was talking to you, how I was seeing all this cool, creative events that are happening all around the city, whether it's basically an art show with all these amazing photos that are captured or live podcast. I feel like that is something that's also on the boom. And I know you have some experience doing, doing live podcasts and stuff like that. Um, I guess what I'm basically saying is, Renders are creative, very, very creative people.
2: Yeah, and it's been exciting to see more and more of that in the last several years. So, I mean, just to give a little context, I mean, I've been covering this sport to one degree or another since 2006, basically. And I've mm-hmm. been at major marathons, major track meets for about that same amount of time. So we're talking 15 years or so now. And it's really not until I'd say the last, five or six that we've been seeing this sort of stuff at major marathons. It certainly happened at Track Meets too where you got shakeout runs, you've got live podcasts, you've got art exhibits, you've got photo shows, um, all kinds of stuff that that's happening. And it's cool. And it's almost overwhelming at times because as a as a fan who wants to go and check all of this stuff out a lot of them overlap and you got to start picking and choosing like okay you know where do I go because there's only so many hours in the day and so many places you can be at the same time Um, but I think it's you know I think it's a good thing that there's excitement around the sport around the event and that people have options for different things that they can check out in a given week and
0: with us this is going to be our first time really going to like a major marathon with this new york city pop-up for new york city pop-up for hoka and doing this live podcast and you already you went to boston earlier this year correct Mm -hmm. and you've been and you were just talking this off wax that you've been to the new york marathon like since 2013 it's your first time not really going like what are some do's and don'ts that we need to do when we go out to new york like especially the new york city marathon because like this this is big like this yeah this is gonna be intense like what are some do's or don'ts that we need to be looking forward to
2: well first of all i'm stoked for you guys to be going there for the first time and to have the opportunity to host a live show i mean i think that in itself is going to be off the hook from an energy standpoint yeah. but i mean new york is i mean they call it the city that never sleeps right and the new york city marathon is the largest marathon in the world so you guys are like jumping right into the deep end with this um so i mean my my worry for you guys is coming out of it that nothing else is going to really live up to that kind of excitement (laughs) um but i mean new york this year with it being the 50th running of the race there's going to be a lot of excitement around that I mean it really is the new york city marathon the race runs through the entire city the whole city gets into it i mean and for race weekend a lot of stuff is kind of clustered around central park which is where the finish line is and then also where a lot of you know these pop-ups are and the new york road run center is down that way so mm-hmm. there's there's always people running around there and milling around there's you know different things that you can you know that you can jump to so i mean i think outside of like your actual show which we can get to I mean just try to go and experience as much of that as you can like go for a run in Central Park because there are people who are going to be I mean they're probably already there as of this conversation but who are coming into town for the race um, and a lot of them run around Central Park I mean being in a major city like that people run through streets to get there but that's where everyone kind of congregates especially marathon weekend and you could just be out for a jog in Central Park and I mean you might you know you might see any You might see Ken and Issa Bekele running around Central Park, getting his shakeout running. You got, you know, tour groups from Italy coming over. There's like, you know, several dozen people who have been aiming for this race now for the last, you know, couple of years. I mean, people who aren't even running the marathon, they're just in town to go watch it, or people who live in the city just out for runs. And you can just feel that energy, like it's palpable. So I think, you know, surround yourself with that as much as you can, feed off of it as much as you can. Um, Because, I mean... I mean, there's nothing like it. I mean, there's, there's really, you know, there's really nothing like it. Um, So I don't know if that answers your question, but um, that's what I would advise you to do. Just like feed off of that energy, immerse yourself just in the excitement of, of the weekend. And I mean, I know for you guys, you've covered a lot of track meets, like that's kind of more your bread and butter type of thing. And I mean, Aaron, you were just talking about how you went to the Olympic trials marathon in February, 2020 in, in Atlanta. I mean, that was a great event i was there too the energy was great the excitement was there i mean you know we're choosing our olympic team and all of that there's been storylines leading up to it i mean new york is gonna dwarf that (laughs) um Uh, you know i mean it's just gonna dwarf it's just so much bigger i mean the event itself is just so big um the amount of people who are running it um is just is just so massive that you know and, and being in that city where it's like everything is just moving at a million miles an hour everything is just you know big and exciting i mean i'm soaked for you guys i think it's a i think it's a great opportunity you know and especially for your podcast for the two black runners podcast i mean that's a stage right the new york city marathon is a stage and it's it's the and as far as events go, I mean, as fun, as much fun as you guys have at a lot of these track meets, I love them, too. I mean, what the sound running folks are doing, um, you know, what uh, Trials of Miles Racing was doing this past year is, is great. I mean, this is just on another level. I mean, the stage is going to be huge for you guys. Hoke is going to set it really well. I mean, that brand has just completely blown up in all aspects of running over the last, you know, few years and I know they really want to have just a big presence at the New York City Marathon with their pop-up shop. I mean, they're giving you guys the stage. They're going to hype it. I mean, the brand just has a lot of like loyal supporters and people who are excited about it who are going to be there. I mean, I just think it's it's an awesome opportunity for more people to become aware of what you guys are doing in an arena that is kind of I mean you know, you guys are in running, but like New York City Marathon, Major Marathon, that's like new ground for you guys, right? So it's yeah. like, you're gonna reach all kinds of people that, you know, you haven't really reached to this point. And, you know, who knows where that's gonna take you, but I'm excited for it.
0: Man, yeah, that was like man. the best pep talk we could have I'm got. ready, like, let's I'm, go. I'm like, that was Come a pep talk.
1: Hey man, I think we gotta do baton talk, Joshua in Central Park. That's what I That's heard, what man. I was thinking too, <laughs> when he was
0: saying about there's gonna be so many people in Central Park, like we That'll gotta do fun. something out there.
2: Well, so here, here's, I mean, your show. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but that does give me an idea. I'm not sure what Baton Talk is exactly, but I mean, going to Central Park. I mean, you could just plant yourself on a corner. People are going to be running by from every which corner of the earth, like sizes, shapes, you know, everything, like ability levels. I mean, you'll just get so many interesting stories. I mean, you'd meet so many interesting people, like just run, like just running by. Um, you know, runners are pretty easy to spot, especially New York City Marathon Weekend. Um, and it could be a pretty cool segment.
0: Yeah, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. And before hyped. we get into more of the running news, like let's talk about like the pro field a little bit in that. And like you raced that Boston, you had former people that were on your podcast do very well. Like CJ Albertson, I thought this man was about to just, <laughs> when I was watching that online, I was getting hyped. I was getting hyped. And then Colin Beanie as well that you had on the podcast before did super well. I believe finishing, fin- they both finished in the top 10. I believe well, CJ Albertson finished uh, did you finish 11th, CJ Albertson. I he got was he eleventh
2: or tenth? I thought he snuck into the top ten because oh, I think okay. he was in the money.
0: But don't quote 10. me on
2: that. I know, I know. Colin was seventh.
0: But who are you most excited to see specifically, like in like the pro field race at the New York City Marathon this coming weekend?
2: I mean, I swear that I'm I'm not like just taking the easy way out when I say this, but Ken and Nisa i mean that's, uh, that's
1: his, fair but
2: i feel like he's like i mean and this is no disrespect to anyone else in the field but i mean it's like he's running his second major of the fall i mean he's arguably like the greatest certainly one of the greatest distance runners of of all time um i think it's his first time racing a marathon that's not flat and fast where he's chasing a world record kind uh-huh. of time but i mean you know he's like he's the greatest, in in my opinion, you can fight me on this if you want, but the greatest cross-country runner of all time. And the New York City Marathon is a cross-country runner's course. I mean, it's punchy, you know, it's not, it's not a rhythm runner's course. Um, it's a racer's race. And I mean, yeah, I mean, Kenanese is up there in age. He's kind of been like, swinging all over the place in the marathon the last couple years. But I mean, I think if he's on, um, it's it just plays to his strengths and he's going to be really hard to beat. So I I'm just like I'm really stoked for Kenanisa. And And then, you know, on the women's side, um, I'm excited to see Molly Seidel. I mean, coming back from Tokyo. Yeah. Homecoming after winning an Olympic medal. Um, I mean, it's still like crazy to think that she's only run three marathons at this point. This is her fourth marathon. Um, (laughs) And it's her first one in the US since the trials uh, when she made the team. She ran London between the top, the trials and the games. Um, there's wild. gonna be, I mean, the hype around her, I shouldn't even call it hype, it's well, it's well deserved. The excitement around her is gonna be wild. I mean, I already know it. Like just around the course, like people yeah. are gonna see her, she'll have her name on her bib, Molly. I mean, that's a lot, of, I think it's a lot of weight to carry too, because she really hasn't, hasn't had a bad marathon. I have no reason to believe that she's going to have a bad marathon by by any stretch. But i'm excited to watch her race to see okay can she bounce back um you know just from a recoverability standpoint from racing a tough marathon you know just a few months ago at the end of summer um and perform at you know a high level in a major just a few months later it's kind of been 50 50 for the folks who've kind of done that turnaround already um since tokyo so i'm excited to see what she can do on the you know on the women's side
1: hey man i love Bikele. so i'm all good with that take Like. I- he, he's the goat to me as well so whenever he is on i think he's almost impossible to beat and i also feel like for molly when you're saying that i'm thinking like man if molly was to go out here and win this race she'd be a bona fide star <laughs> legend she'd a star legend. like she you take over she would take off take over the marathon games and she would be making puma a lot a lot of money i mean for sure everywhere.
2: For sure. I mean, that would take her to like Joan Benoit Samuelson status like right away Um, to go Olympic medal and major marathon win within like a few months. I mean, that fourth marathon, too. Yeah. Fourth marathon. I mean, no pressure, Molly, if you're listening to this, but uh, we'd love to see it.
0: So we'll have to take down Olympic champion though Paris Jefticure, who was who is the women's only half marathon world record holder. But the women's half marathon record also got broken. We gotta talk to you about it, Mario, as well. Latessa Becka Day breaking the half marathon world record in Valencia, 102:52. Previously that was 104. She broke the 104 and 103 barrier in one race. Latessa Becka Day in her first ever half marathon ever. Like bro, she's a she's an all time great already she owns the 15k world record she owns the 5k world record on the track and the 10k world record on the track like i when i seen this when i woke up that morning i seen this there were no words mario have you gained some words about today's <laughs> performance since that was just like two weeks ago <laughs>
2: I'm going to replace one of yours. She didn't just break the world record. She shattered it. I mean, she took <laughs> 70 seconds off the world record. Crazy. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Like that's crazy town. I mean, she just skipped the 64s, um, you know, skip 63, like 60, 62, 52. I mean, is just, I can't wrap my head around it. I don't know that I have any more words than you do, Joshua. But <laughs> I mean, that, that is in my opinion the greatest running performance just let's I'll call it distance running. greatest distance running performance of all time I mean Mm -hmm. hands down I can't I I tried I mean I tried to find something that was more impressive to me than that and I can't find it I mean I look at her splits and I mean her her individual 5Ks, you pull any one of those out, you know, they're going to win most major road races around the world. Um, you look at the fact that she ran 29, what was it, 48 for a 10K in there. Or maybe it was faster, 29, 38 or something like that for one of those 10Ks was kind of wild. But the big one to me, and you touched on it, so she already had the 15K world record, which... Yeah. That is one of the most overlooked performances in history. And it's because 15K just, I mean, it's an odd distance. It just doesn't get a lot of love, especially here in the U.S. But she had run 4420. And that performance was just like mind blowing. And her last 10K of that race was like, it was like 20, it was faster than the world record. It was like 20 at the time, 29. 13, oh I think is what she ran for the last 10K, that 15K world record. She went through in the half marathon in 44:29. So she was only nine seconds off of that. And then she ran another 6K. Um, insane. Which is just like, like you can see my head spinning, I think right here. So, I mean, for <laughs> me, like that was just the, that is like the greatest distance running performance of all time. And I, I can't think of one better. Um, and I mean, am I surprised? By the time, yes, by the time, yes, that she broke it by 70 seconds. I'm not surprised that she broke the world record because I've always, and history has proven this out, Like I've always believed that the the half marathon world record it's going to be broken by someone who's moving up from the track, from the 5K, yeah. 10K. Someone who's really fit, someone who's really sharp. Um, you know, everyone at that level is running a lot of volume, so they go into this and they're just really efficient at that half marathon pace, and they can go fast. Um, not someone coming down from the marathon who's who's super strong. And I mean, she, I mean, she's a world record holder at the 5000, 10000. She won bronze in Tokyo in the in the 10000. I mean, she's run 2901 for you know for 10K. But I mean, you know this this performance makes that 2901 look like kind of slow <laughs> in comparison so um i mean i'm just i got no more words than that um mind blown
0: i want to ask you though aaron with all of this great performance mario called it the greatest distance performance of all time but like when Gade's career goes down the like when it when a career ends she still really hasn't won. She she lost to Stefana son at the Olympics in the 10K. Like those titles and those championships are not coming to her yet. Is that the one thing that's gonna be holding her back to becoming the greatest women's distance runner of all time? I don't think so. I
1: mean, it's a struggle because I, I look at her records right now and she reminds me of Bekele in his prime, you know, insane 5K and 10K record. And then he goes onto the roads and he has like the second fastest time in the marathon of all time, which is crazy. But he has the medals. He has the medals to back back him mm-hmm. up. But she's still pretty young. And I think she's 23. Yeah. 23. <laughs> she's 23. So I think it's gonna be a struggle because she has Stefan sign that she's, she's battling. 23? That's crazy. yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, insane. She's battling Stefan um and a lot of other amazing women. But I think once she moves to the marathon, like She's gonna be the one, like she's gonna be the the Kip Choge. I feel like she's gonna break open, break open the floodgates. So,
2: I just want to press pause on that. I don't want to see her move to the marathon just yet. I mean, she's twenty three. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta think that. I mean, the next Olympics is let's say three years away at this point. Um, so she'll be all of twenty six at that point. Um, that could be her time. I mean, who knows what Safan's doing at that. You know at that point and i think we'll talk about her later in this podcast but i mean she still has time to win those big events to win the world titles to win you know the the olympic titles i mean there's there's no reason to think that she won't continue to break records you know on on the track which kind of makes it scary to think about if she could push that half marathon world record down even further um But two things like one i I think she has no reason to jump to the marathon just yet not that either of you were suggesting that um so far um when she does i hope it's kind of like elliot did like as she's a little bit older she starts kind of dipping her feet in it as she Mm -hmm. starts transitioning away from from the shorter stuff but i mean at 23 years old to do what she's done just from a time standpoint um so far is super exciting and i think she just needs to continue gaining that high level racing experience. And it's only a matter of time before someone of, of that ability level just starts winning everything in sight.
1: Are we in a golden age right now and women's distance running? Cause it, it feels like it, it, it yes. really feels like it from the 800 up to be honest. Right. Most definitely, yeah, most definitely. I,
2: I, I think so. It's hard to say that when you're in it. Um, I think that's one of those things that you can't like really declare until several years later when things start to settle, maybe. But it seems that way, for sure. Um, I mean, just the times that these women are popping, um, you know, the dominance, the depth kind of across the board. I mean, I, I can't think of another period of time to this point in history where where we've seen anything like it. I mean, there's a lot that contributes to it as well, and that's a certainly a more nuanced discussion when you consider, I mean, everything from certainly the shoe technology to you know even like the you know they're saying the track in Tokyo was faster than you know any track that's ever that that's ever been run on. So I mean, it's a, it's an inter- it's an interesting argument and, and discussion, but I think so. I mean, we're seeing some, some crazy stuff.
0: I will go on record, say right now, uh, a historian can look up, we can talk about this, and I would love to hear about it, but this may be the greatest year of women's running, period, Mm -hmm. from the 100 to the marathon. Like... Period. And that just moves on right into the World Athletics Athlete of the Year picks, man. We had nominees of Viol- Valerie Allman, Jasmine Camacho-Quinn, Safana San, Faith Kiviegan, Maria Letisic, Cindy McLaughlin, A- Thing Mo, Elaine Thompson-Hara, Yomar Rojas, Shauna Miller-Weibo. And like, bro, like those are some of the greatest athletes <laughs> of all time in their respective fields. And I don't know like how we're gonna pick and who are you gonna pick for this? But like, let's start off with Aaron, like who would you nominate as your woman World <laughs> Athletics Athlete of the Year? Like this is Dude, this is pretty I'm insane. looking at
1: this list right now though. Yeah, and I'm thinking like grace of all time. Like you have Stefan Hassan, you have Elaine Thompson, Sydney McLaughlin, uh, Yamir Rojas. You have world record holders on here, bruh. Like this is insane. But to me, I gotta give it to Elaine Thompson. That's what I, I gotta do, man. She ran 10-5 like she ran that's 10-5 us. and 10-6 several times like no one has ever done that a lot of people are saying that basically was the world record because flojo's was like super win-aided i don't know and to and to be double to win the one and the two i don't know the only other
0: person that's done that is
1: Bolt. that's what i'm saying and, and the time Olympics. she's the time she's running or she's separating herself from everyone almost just as both did, so that's who, I, that's who I would pick. Mario, he got, got something else, He got someone
2: else. <laughs> I, do, I do have I something else, <laughs> because I mean, if, this is so hard, because she, she was so dominant as you just described, and I think if she did, if she ran like 10.48 and just got right under Flojo's record, I'd say, yeah, no doubt. Uh, because I, I do think also like the 100 meters, you know, and it long has been like it is the marquee event of track and field certainly the most recognizable and and for that reason i think it carries like a bit more weight but i mean i look at like sydney mclaughlin right i mean she wins the u.s trials she beats delilah muhammad in world record time and then does it again at the olympics in world record time she becomes the first woman ever to break um 52 seconds crazy and she does that at the trials and she does it again at the games and like and like is well under 52 seconds um in the 400 meter hurdles and i mean there was just the hardest there's always event. excitement there's always I, yeah i agree with that i think it's the hardest event and there's always like people always get excited about the 100 and it's very straightforward but like the 400 meter hurdles like when you consider just that the history of that event how hard it is and then also i think and maybe this is my american bias showing but just how much excitement there was around that event i mean i'm a i'm a distance guy like i yeah. love distance distance running i mean i pay attention to everything but i love distance running i was like between that and the women's 800, I mean, I, I can't decide which event I was excited, more excited about this year in track and field. And I mean, for Sydney to, you know, come into, to this Olympic year and to beat Delilah Muhammad, like, you know, handily and, and Delilah ran very well herself, but to, to bring like that record, like under a barrier, um to break the world record twice to win the trials and win an olympic medal i mean i've, I've got to give her the nod
0: wow I, i'm going to son safana San, safana San what second. she what she what she did in that olympics was incredible and her breaking that 10,000 meter record but like Gade did break it the other day but like just break it the next like two days later but her like doing that that was insane I think I think it may be hard for Hassan to get it because you still got like Yulimar Rojas who was undefeated this Mm -hmm. year and like broke her broke her outdoor, not her outdoor record, but she finally got the outdoor world record. She had the indoor before that. I think that's also gonna be a name, but Hassan, what she did, and I think if she would've got like that 5,000 world record or got like top five at that pre-classic race, I think that would've really put her in the conversation. But it goes without saying, any of these people are gonna be, any of these women are gonna be great picks, to be honest. And like I said, I really think it's this is probably the greatest women's the greatest year of women's running like ever, even just from a media standpoint as well. You
2: could have also added, I mean, I know it was only 10, but you could have added G'day into that conversation as well. But I think they made those choices before she broke the half marathon world record. Because I mean, she, as you just mentioned, Joshua broke Hassan's 10k world record two days after she ran it. Um, She did get Olympic bronze and then the world record in the half marathon. I mean, she wouldn't have been my choice as as the winner, but you yeah. could have certainly included her in that conversation. But I mean, we're talking a wide span of events here, but I thought it was just worth throwing that in there before we move on to the men.
0: We had for the nominees, we had Joshua Chep, the guy Ryan Krauser, Mondo Duplantis, Daniel Stahl, Elliot Kipchoge, Jacob Ingrid Brayston, <laughs> Mataldas Tentagolu, Pedro Pichardo, Karsten Warholm, and Damian Warner. Who are you guys thinking for the picks and nominees for this one?
1: most definitely aaron your your pick for the men this one is hard too i'm looking at the list but i don't know i i gotta go i'm gonna go with i'm a i'm a throws guy as as my boy chavez would say so i'm gonna go with ryan krauser because this man broke the road record multiple times this year didn't just didn't lose he was the most dominant dominant athlete of the entire year i mean and he was
0: dripped out at pre
1: when he got the bullet out you could say he was more dominant than elaine thompson to be honest bro like he didn't lose anything and he threw it further than anyone ever in history like multiple times mario
2: i'm gonna bet i'm gonna back you up on that i'm gonna go with ryan krauser that was my that was my pick as well i mean for him to break the world record um at the trials twenty-three, three-seven, um win the games for the second time in a row i mean to defend an olympic title has got to be one of the hardest things to do in sports um and to do it like breaking an olympic record and you know in the process and then as you just alluded to Aaron, to be that dominant in your event um to throw over 22 meters as many times as you, i think it was 58 times that's 58 times he threw over 22 meters and he and he did not lose he went 15 and 0 this season i mean i think you got to give it to ryan krauser and part of the reason i want to give it to him as well is i do think like the throws just they get overlooked a lot in you know in our sport and i mean that was the field event that i paid the most attention to this year both at the trials and the games and i just remember like watching the I know the throws community is really tight, it's really small, but seeing the excitement of all the other guys around him when he broke that record at the trials was pretty cool. Like that was one of my favorite moments of of the year in athletics
0: wait are we just gonna forget that karsten warholm ran 49 like are yeah. we gonna are we gonna forget forget about that for a second i completely <laughs> understand i understand but like it's i don't know i, I ryan krauser is beast and i we i think on this podcast a lot we have talked about like we've we've definitely gave the throws its credit and like how how exciting it's been for these past couple of years even the year before when krauser was throwing some of the best series of all time when he did that drake but like Bro, this man ran 49 seconds in the 400 meter hurdles. He could have beat. No, no shade, no shade.
1: 46, bro.
0: 45.
1: 45. We we way off.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wait, wait. No digging of the girls. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) But like 45. You're at 45. Like, bro, he could have beat some of the people in the first round of the 400 at the Olympics that's crazy i mean like like over we're just saying, hurdles
1: it still doesn't seem sound real to me that's why i said 46 like 45 <laughs> that still doesn't sound like Wait, a i said 49 people. yeah 45 that's insane 45 bro. doesn't sound that just doesn't sound real like that's insane like the fact i'm still mad that ride lost so that's why i'm hating bro i don't care <laughs> i wanted i wanted to ride to win that race bro like how can this man run 46 one and lose yeah, that's, that's not fair bro it's like a cheat code man i know it used to the
0: shirt, I was like, dang, that sucks, bro. You need kryptonite, man. That's the only way you can stop him or something.
2: I mean, he probably had the most entertainment value of of anyone that we've discussed. Uh, I don't know if that counts for anything. He did win the diamond Crazy. league crown. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, Josh, I don't <laughs> like, I, I mean, you make you can make a good argument for that. I just, I don't know. I just, yeah
1: that yeah, world I'm record sure. mario i think that world record is just as good as good days that's i don't that one i was i didn't think that was possible
2: which one there's so many world both, records this year i was saying
1: good day and <laughs> good days and war and war homes both of those and i didn't, uh, okay. after, after, I right didn't yeah i didn't know it was possible someone could round 45 and uh, over hurdles like i was thinking oh they're gonna yeah. run 46 that would be crazy and they ran, he ran 45. I was like,
2: what? 45.9. I mean, it, it's insane. I mean, it just – that reminded me of Michael Johnson back when I first was, like, getting into this sport in, in 1996, watching him at the Atlanta games. Like, that 19.3.2 that Michael Johnson ran in Atlanta, Um, you know, there's something about being under a barrier. So, yeah, 45.9, like, it's just like, okay, no one's ever done that before. But 19.3.2 at the time was just, like – I mean that it didn't break like a a clean time barrier but that was like so otherworldly um, people yeah. were like 1932 like how did like how did that happen it, it reminded me a bit of that um, different event but same you know, same kind of like wow factor around it. So, I mean, it's a, it's a good argument. I mean, that was my number two was was Carson Warholm, But um, I wanted to give it to Ryan Krauser just because he was so dominant. And I mean, again, to defend an Olympic title, I don't care what event it is. Like, that's really, really hard to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I got to give him, I got to give him the nod just for that and just the dominance that he had this entire season. But
0: as we move on to the podcast, we have a special edition of Fall
1: Oh no, I believe you say bolt false started. I think you say bolt just false started.
0: Start where we give you guys our hot takes from the track and running world and basically just ask if it's a false start or not. If it's a false start, that means that take it's whack, it's not happening. That's just why are you even talking right now? You're jumping the gun. That's what a false start is. This next next take that we got, it's kind of maybe a little bit more controversial. And the wording for this may offend some people, but we'll just go out there and say it. Shalane Flanagan has just averaged about what, uh two, about 2.36, 2.37 for five different of the major marathons over the past seven weeks now, running running uh Boston and Chicago back-to-back, well, Chicago and Boston back-to-back. It's Shalane, Shalane Flanagan is embarrassing ultra marathoners right now. I, I don't, is, is this happening? is she embarrassing ultra marathoners by doing
1: this is she embarrassing them dang well that's such a harsh word to say that's such a harsh word to say but i mean i'm gonna say that's a false start bro i don't think she's embarrassing them honestly i don't think she's embarrassing them like she's shalane Flanagan. like you just gotta put respect on that one of the best american uh, marathoners of all time, so so of course she could do that. She's embarrassing. If she honestly, she might be embarrassing them because she's embarrassing a lot of people. When you think about it, like <laughs> <laughs> she's she embarrassing a whole bunch of us. If I went out there and ran, I'm pretty sure she would beat me. So she would embarrass me too. So <laughs> ain't no shame in getting embarrassed by by uh, Shalane playing So wait I don't even know what my take is. <laughs> it's, it's funny. <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> Well, as
2: someone who was recently embarrassed by Shalane Flanagan at the Boston Marathon meaning <laughs> I passed her at about a mile and a half, and then she went by me at like 23 miles like I was standing still. Granted, I, I had a very rough last 14 miles because of my stomach. Um, I would say that's a false start. I mean, you know, Shalane Flanagan is embarrassing a lot of people right now, but she's not embarrassing ultra marathoners. And I feel like I'm I'm somewhat qualified to talk about this as Someone who's who's raced ultra marathons himself, but who has also coached a number of top ultra marathoners. Um, it's a different sport than what Shalane Flanagan is is doing right now. I mean, what she's doing is is impressive, and she is definitely like embarrassing a lot of people to to Aaron's point. But it's very different from racing an ultra marathon. Now that said, I think if Shalane really wanted to go for like Des Linden's fifty k world best right now, she'd probably she'd have a good shot. Um, I mm-hmm. wouldn't say she would definitely do it, but she has shown that she's got like the fitness that she could go through a marathon at low 230s and hang on for another 8K. I think she's gonna send it here in New York next week, which is a whole, you know, another another discussion. But when I think of ultra marathons, like, you know, beyond 50K, so we're getting up to 50 miles, 100K, um, especially if you take them off the roads, like that's a completely different sport. Um, I mean, you you could certainly keep her on the roads, but, you know, crazy shit happens after 50K, certainly after like, you know, 50 miles. But I mean, she's just, you know, she's embarrassing a lot of people right now, but she's also just really impressive in that she's been able to, like, just run at such a consistently high level week in and week out here for these last uh, five races that she's got under her belt. But I don't think she's embarrassing ultra marathoners.
0: Is this something you would want to see though? Like Des Linden and Shalane Flanagan, like one day, like lacing up for like a 50 mile race or a 50K, is that something that like it would excite Western, you? For
1: like Western w- States, that would be awesome.
2: Western States, I think would, um, you know, I mean, that, that's a hundred miles over very tough terrain. I mean, I think both of them would need a few years just to, just to get prepped for that sort of yeah. thing. But I'd love to see the two of them race each other head to head in a road 50k or 50 mile hell yeah i mean i think that would be i think that would be wildly entertaining and people would be into it um because the ultra runners would certainly be into it but you'd also have like the the people who follow track and field and road racing and marathoning who would also be into it just because it's des and Chillane. so i mean something like that would be would be wildly entertaining but something like western states i mean it's a different sport um just uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that like like tra- ultra trail racing is a different sport um uh, than even ultra marathoning on on the roads
0: aaron that's like those people that got lost in japan bro Dude, that's, that's sad
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> that insane conversation. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then also another take that we have with cross champs coming up with sound running and trials miles So having cross champs at the mount sack course mario have you ran mount sack before i've seen the course um i have never raced mount sack i'm familiar with it just from following the sport i know that it's
2: just a really tough cross-country course
0: well they're turning this 2.93 mile course into a 10k our pros will not survive this course is that a false start aaron you've ran it you've ran (laughs) it is that a false start pros won't survive this i think you're gonna have to
1: we're gonna have some people drop out, bruh. No, that's a false start. So the pros are gonna the pros are gonna survive it. They're gonna survive it for sure. And they're gonna they're gonna run fast, honestly. I think some of them are gonna destroy these hills and they're gonna be able to recover quick. But you know who's gonna not finish? It's that open race. There's a lot of people in the open race <laughs> signed up for this. You don't need to do this. You don't gotta prove nothing. You don't need to go beat your high school PR, bro. It's all good. Like, don't do this to yourself. Like I'm telling you but the the pros are going to be fine. I think, I think,
2: I think it's a false start as well. Um, but I think it will be interesting on the professional side of things because it is not, I don't think it's going to be fast. Um, and I think that's going to make it a different kind of race and you are going to see some upsets in, in that pro race at Mount sack that, that much I'm I'm sure of, but I don't, yeah, I don't think it's gonna, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that it's gonna, you know,
1: they better hope CJ Albertson p- doesn't show up. I hope CJ Alberson <laughs> shows up. He might he might upset some people for sure. That would be be really exciting.
0: I'm, I'm, I can't wait for that. That's going to be exciting. Definitely by someone that raced Mount Sack and hates Mount Sack and knows. <laughs> I've done a four mile race on that course and it was not fun. So Ooh. I can not imagine doing a 10K. That's, that does not sound fun at all. But our last false start take we got is Mr. Freeze. He's a famous dude in baseball that runs down people on, uh dang, what is that called? Baseball. The warning track. The warning track, the warning track in the baseball, in the outfield as well, and just runs people down. Mr. Freeze recently ran down Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco, the famous and retired NFL wide receiver for the Bengals. And so I'm just saying, Mr. Freeze would catch all of y'all. Is that a false start? He would catch every single one of us. Is that a
1: false start, Aaron? bro look at this man go (laughs) okay okay straight up though this man wouldn't catch me that's a false start like okay okay i haven't been running like that but i'm better see this guy celebrating early and stuff that would never happen to me bro i i how long is that straight like about 300 200 i don't know probably
2: about a. that's probably i'm gonna call that 250 yeah i'm gonna call that 250 i don't
1: think i don't think he could get i don't think
0: you get me bro is he getting you, Mario? Yeah, he's gonna get me because I have a terrible start.
2: Um, <laughs> I think I would, I think I would lose it on the start. I mean, if if it were, let's say, over four hundred, I'd like, I'd like my chances. But yeah, he would catch me because look at his start. I mean, look oh at oh my just, gosh. I mean, yeah, I can't compete with that.
0: I would love to say that he would not catch me, but honestly, bruh, if he if he comes up on me, I'm gonna be scared. That's the thing. I'm gonna be scared. Like I I'm confident in my ability. But what I've seen, what he has done, and and just his form doesn't break. I don't know, man. It's kind of any catch. You catch Johnson, bro. Two weeks, two like a year ago, Mario. This guy was just saying that Chad Johnson, this dude could run moving, like a fifty-four. <laughs> this guy Aaron said hey, Chad that Shad Johnson could run was, like a fifty-four, like was, two years ago. Was, so so I don't know. He was so
1: slow, bro. He was running so slow. I don't know. I don't know. I can't defend that, man. If but he
0: still at fifty four shape. I don't know, bro. He, like he, he, he catching all of us,
1: dude. We need this dude on the podcast, bro. We need Mister <laughs> Freeze. I need to know what is his track background because this start is nice. Watch it start.
2: Watch it start. <laughs> I mean, look at
1: that. It's I wouldn't gobbling. stand a chance. Ground quick. I wouldn't stand a chance.
0: And then once he gets his top speed too. No, that's right. wild
1: right there. He just hit another gear. I'm sorry but that guy's slow I, that wouldn't be that couldn't be me i I wouldn't let that I haven't been running bro but I couldn't I couldn't get embarrassed like that I couldn't let that happen I'm still Do I get to
2: wear super spikes
1: Ooh. <laughs> I wonder what I don't, eight, know if it would, I don't know if
2: it would help on the dirt but I want every advantage that I can get
0: yeah I don't know how you get picked for this how you get picked for this at the game but you may not even be prepared for that. You may just be out there in your vans. <laughs> you get picked for this. But Mario, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. I really do appreciate you. Appreciate you for the pep talk, too. We're hyped for New York. We're hyped for everything that you got going on in the morning shakeout as well. And yeah, thanks for coming on and just helping out, helping us with everything you've helped out so far. I really do appreciate it.
2: Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited for you not just this weekend in New York. I mean, I really do think that is going to be like kind of a big stage where you can really you know, just make yourselves known even more, but just for the work that you're doing. I mean, you guys are an important voice in the sport. Your energy is is incredible. I mean, I've been this excited to talk about track <laughs> and running. I mean, anyone who listens to my show, not that I do this sort of stuff, but I mean, I could do this for like two hours and just like go back and forth about this stuff. So thanks for bringing the energy. Uh, you brought it out in me and I know everybody else who who listens in to you guys regularly feels that. So keep on keeping on.
1: Yeah. Appreciate you coming on, man. You're a legend in the game. So it's, it's nice to get kudos from you. But if you guys haven't listened to Mario's podcast, go check it out. The morning, sh- the morning shakeout on all streaming platforms trust me you're gonna love it for sure thanks y'all for
0: listening to the two black Runners podcast thanks again to Mario for coming on and joining us that was a really good time I hope you guys enjoyed that I really want to do more and more of that and just covering more running news I got we definitely got stuff in the works to do more of that or maybe even a different show I don't I don't know we could that could be coming possibly soon but also just bringing on people like that how we did before with Jameson now with Mario and we want to bring other creators not just to talk about like like we love talking about doing the interviews and everything like that, but be able to get their views and, like, our hype with their with their version and their style of podcasting, they're always fun, too. So, yeah, thank you, y'all, for listening. Aaron, you got anything else
1: to say before we get out of here, bro? You know, I, as, as usual, man, I just got to say, if you listen this far into the podcast, you truly are a day one homie, and we cannot wait to see y'all all out at New York live November 5th. 9 30 a.m you know i said it like 10 times already so can you can make sure you go rate rate the podcast leave a review tell a friend to tell a friend tell your mama tell your daddy tell your sister tell your cousin tell your ex like tell everybody Ooh. bro but appreciate y'all for listening love it hey shout out to all the day ones
0: see y'all in new york this weekend really do appreciate y'all let's have a great november let's get it